So we are doing it. We are going to talk about the flyers. I regret to inform you that you are stuck with me, Kelly, the third or fourth string post-gamer. So I'm like right on the line between Mike McKenna of post-game and Cal Pickard of post-game. I would say the Cal Pickard of post-games, but whatever. Um, yeah, so the Flyers won two games in two days. What a time to be alive, am I right? Um, up front, I'm going to tell you that I was not supposed to be doing this. Craig was supposed to be doing it, and uh, he had a thing where his electricity went off, and so I took zero notes during this game. I paid attention closely to about two-thirds of it, maybe, so I'm going to depend on you guys. Um, I have a few things I want to talk about, but uh, let's start with the elephant in the room, which I think is Shane Gostisbehere. So let me just take a look here. Um, he ended up with 11 minutes, 13 seconds of ice time in all situations, according to Natural Stat Trick, which is low. Um, second lowest to Phil Myers, who only played about nine minutes, which is infuriating to me personally because I'm obsessed with him. Um, but yeah, so... Um, I don't know if you guys read Charlie's observations from yesterday's game. Um, he had some quotes in there from yesterday's post game, which I won't read um, because you should pay for Carly's, Charlie's content, but um, just to sum them up in case you didn't see them, um, essentially it was Ghost kind of saying, if you let me play my game and put me in a position to succeed, I'm going to play well like I did today. And then Scott Gordon essentially coming back with, um, if you want to be in a good position, you have to make yourself get into a good position, and you haven't been doing that recently. So it kind of seems like there's a little bit of tension there. Um, and given that Ghost did not get a lot of ice time in the first half of this game, it seemed to pick up in the second half, and he was out there defending the lead at the end of the game. Um, but the first half of the game, he didn't play a lot. Um, so one would assume that he's in some kind of doghouse with Scott Gordon, which is a little bit weird because in my mind, um, if a guy's struggling and he has a game like he had yesterday, I don't really care what he says. Like we're all grown ups here. If he's acting like an asshole, who cares? He had a really good game yesterday. Maybe he's coming out of his funk. So maybe you let him play. That's just my opinion. I don't know what you guys think about it. Um, so... Carter Hart was good again, huh? I would say that Carter Hart is the reason they won both of these games, um, despite the fact that he didn't play very well yesterday. Um, he's still giving them better goaltending than they've seen from anyone else all season, so it's obviously the reason that they're winning games now. Uh, let's see. Yeah, what about True Detective, guys? You've got six. You've got me for six minutes because True Detective starts at nine, and I would like to watch it. So let's keep it moving. Um, let's see. Let's see what you guys want to talk about. <laughs> Carter Hart, Phil. So what? So what did you guys think of Phil Myers? I mean, he didn't get a lot of ice time, like I said. Let me look again. Uh, nine minutes fifty-two seconds of ice time in all situations. Um, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, the book on Phil Myers, which I got from uh, Brad, who is our Phantoms guy, um, 
is that he's very aggressive all the time. And I think that we saw that tonight. He was super aggressive along the boards. He wasn't afraid to, you know, beat guys around in front of the net, which is something that the Flyers have been missing. Um, and I'll get to that in a minute because Robert Haig, ugh. Um, but yeah, I thought Phil looked pretty good. In limited usage, his first NHL game, I think he looked pretty good. Um, can't complain. I'm really hoping that this is not a one-off. Um, I'm hoping that the kid sticks for a little bit because I would really like to see what he could do uh, with more of a, a stable role in the lineup, personally. Uh, let's see. So speaking of Robert Haig, um, what goal was it? So this is what happens when I don't take notes. My leaky brain loses all of the information. There was one of the goals. I Well, yeah. So, oh, they only scored one. Yeah. So the Detroit goal. Um, Haig had him, could have cleared the net, and he did not do this. Um, it wasn't a particularly large man from Detroit standing in front of the net, and Haig just did not do his job. Um, I've personally had enough of Robert Haig's bullshit. Um, so if, like, you wanted to play Phil Myers over Haig, that'd be cool with me. But also, Andrew McDonald had another very Andrew McDonald game. Um, so, you know, it wouldn't be terrible to pull him out either. But I don't know if we'll ever see either one of those things happen because uh, NHL coaches love players like the two of them. So, let's see. Oh, my sister's here. Hi, Mary. Um, so yeah, I don't think they're going to trade Shane Goss bear. Um, first of all, if he is having tension with the guy who still has an interim in front of his job title, um, it seems like it would be stupid to trade a guy with the kind of potential that Shane Goss's bear has because an interim coach doesn't like him very much. Also, um, if they are trying to trade Shane Goss's bear, playing him for 11 minutes is probably not a great way to get other teams interested in taking him away from you because you've pretty much told them that he sucks right now and doesn't deserve any ice time. So if you're trying to get max value in a trade, it's not really the way to do it. Um, and I honestly don't think that they would trade Shane Goss's bear anyway, unless they were getting a really big haul back. And I just don't, I don't, in my mind, I can't think of a team that would have the kind of players available that we would want back for a Shane Goss's bear to trade him right now. So let's see. Oh, Wayne, let's talk about Wayne. So pretty much out of the gate, he takes care of Anthony Mantha the way that we wanted him to be taken care of. Um, God, I'm going to miss Wayne Simmons. <laughs> he really is just the best. It's really hard to not like him. I've We've been kind of kicking around. I think it was, yeah, it was Charlie who did a little thought experiment on Twitter, um, kind of asking people what would be, if, if we re-signed Wayne Simmons, what would be an acceptable contract? And I think that it landed somewhere around three years, like six million per, I think is what he ended up with as an average. Like if we could sign Wayne for like two years, I honestly wouldn't care about the money. Um, it would be super nice, but we all know he deserves to get paid. 
and he deserves term because he's only going to get worse. So if he doesn't get term now, he's never going to get it later. But if, yeah, if Wayne goes, it's going to suck. Let's see. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just going to scroll through here. Uh, Shane Goss's bear did not play wing because that is a crazy thing that crazy people say. It's never going to actually happen. Anybody else see McDonald stop skating at the side of the net, come to a standstill and lay down? I actually didn't see that. If it happened the way that you're describing, it sounds completely absurd and yet very believable. That's where we are with Andrew McDonald. The Flyers played like their number one goal for tonight's game was to fight Anthony Mantha. Once that was done, it was like, oh, well, we have to win a hockey game now. Yeah, this wasn't a, a very good, um, yeah, it wasn't a very good game for the Flyers. Um, they obviously played terribly in the third period of yesterday's game. They seemed to carry that through to this game. Uh, this game, they got a better version of Carter Hart and as such were able to come away with the win easier than they did um, yesterday. But yeah, they're not playing very well. Um, that is not going to work for them against Tampa Bay. I think that most of us have kind of uh, written the L down on that game already. Um, Tampa, I think, has won five, their, their last five in a row. Um, and by like large margins, and I think a few of them were shutouts, so I don't know. Uh, Tuesday's going to be rough, I think, for us, but you never know. Well, let's see. What do the pairings look like when Sam Moran comes back up? Um, oh, God, I hate Sam Moran. I would imagine that Sam Moran hitting the lineup uh, because of his waiver status is going to mean that um, that would spell the end of any Phil Myers experiment, um, unless they're willing. Although, is Moran going to be up before the deadline? Because after the deadline, there's no contract limit. Like, the roster stuff goes away, so... I don't know. Um... I don't know how I don't know how they're going to use Sam Moran. I'm not sure if he's going to immediately get a big role, or if they're going to kind of ease him in like they did Phil Myers tonight. I'm assuming that they will, um, especially coming off such a big injury. But uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. I am um, personally exhausted talking about Sam Moran. I feel like it's been like a decade of waiting for Sam Moran to make this roster, and I am for one, very tired of it because I have never liked him. Um, let's see what you got here. Just go full TED talk on why we shouldn't trade Gossip's Bear. I mean, like, it's not even like a, like, I don't even need a TED talk. It's not even long. Like, honestly, if you think, like, think about this logically. Um, kid comes up halfway through that year, uh, his rookie season, lights the world on fire, drags the Flyers into the playoffs. That's, that's look one at Shane Goss' pair. Uh, year two, he gets a core muscle injury. That is very bad. Same one uh, Claude Giroux had. We all, I think, learned a lot about core muscle injuries that season and that off season. Uh, so it wasn't very good. Not as good as he was his freshman year, which 
I mean, to be quite honest, he was never going to be that good because he was, I forget exactly, but I think that that first year he was shooting like 12% or something, which like, honestly, no one's ever going to keep that up. But anyway, cut to last year when he is fantastic, both offensively and defensively. Everyone seems to forget that he was top 10 in Norris voting last season, which people on Twitter have tried to tell me that's not a big deal, but like, fuck off. Like, that's obviously a big deal. Like, he's a very good player. Has he been garbage this year? He's been pretty garbage this year. But also, the entire team was garbage the first half year of the season. So, I, for one, am not willing to give up on a 25-year-old potential Norris Trophy nominee. He's probably never going to win one. Um, who could potentially score 65 points in a season who is on an incredibly favorable contract through the year 2023. If you want to give up on that guy right now, I, I honestly don't know what's wrong with you. Like, I don't care about his attitude. I don't care if he's cocky. I don't care if he gets annoyed that coaches won't let him play his game. Because to be quite honest, like, you need to let him play his game. You can't turn Shane Goss's bear into a stay-at-home pylon. That's not who he is. You have to let him take chances and be creative. And a lot of times, taking those chances means that you're going to have some fuck-ups. But I would think that the positive overwhelmingly outweighs the negative with Shane Goss's bear. So if he has a down season, he has a down season. I'm not sure what you think about this season would be better if Shane Goss's bear was playing better. Like, what would be different? Would we be in the playoffs if Shane Goss's bear was playing better? Probably not, because we still would have had all of that garbage goaltending for the first half of the season. We still would have had Ivan Provorov playing like garbage for the first half of the season. We still would have had our top line guys not scoring goals the first half of the season. Like, this is not, like, I'm frankly quite tired of talking about it. I think that this is just people who are bored and want to get themselves talked about um, are making up some kind of narrative about Shane Goss's bear being a cancer that needs to be removed from this team. And it's, it's nonsense, if you ask me. Let's see. Yeah, so Brian Elliott, just to briefly mention, um, Brian Elliott apparently had a very rough game for the Phantoms tonight, so that's not great. Um, we were kind of kicking around the Broad Street Hockey Slack today about what would happen once Brian Elliott's conditioning stint is over, and you'd have to wonder if maybe they, I mean, I'm assuming, obviously, they're going to listen to all offers, but... I wonder if they're going to try to just pawn him off for like a fourth or a fifth round pick or something just to get him off the roster. Obviously, he's with Cam Talbot coming in. There's no place for Brian Elliott anymore. And on top of that, he doesn't seem to be playing very well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with all of the rest of the 47 goaltenders that we have once everyone's healthy. Let's see. Yeah, someone mentioned that how they called. I think it's it was Joe Micheletti calling the the game today, and he called Andrew McDonald Andy McDonald. It was kind of funny because it was kind of like jarring. Like I don't think I've ever heard anyone call him Andy McDonald, but 
Okay, I'm just gonna scroll through here, see what you guys wanna talk about. I feel like Sam Moran is 28 years old by now. Yeah, it's like I feel like he's gonna play one season and then retire. We've been waiting for so long to get him here. Oh, let's see. I'm trying to think of what else happened in this game that I would like to talk about that I actually uh, noticed. Um, oh God, you guys are talking about the storm surge, honestly. Could we not talk about the storm surge? I feel like it's weird that anybody outside of North Carolina cares one bit about the storm surge, like good or bad. Like, let them have fun. Like, I personally think it would be extremely hilarious if the Flyers came out after a home win and played Duck Duck Goose. If you wouldn't laugh at that, like, what's wrong with you? Like, that's kind of funny. Why are 100 people watching this? That's a really good question. I have no idea why 100 people are watching this. I would not be watching it. We're eight minutes into True Detective, you guys, so. Elliot, for a sixth rounder, I would take it at this point. Hmm. Um. Somebody else would like the Flyers to play Duck Duck Goose. That's cool. Yeah, so, I don't know. This was a a weekend of hockey against a not good hockey team. Both of these games were closer than I would have liked to see because Detroit's not great. Um, but yeah, the Flyers uh, continue to play terrible hockey and find ways to win games, which is... Pretty remarkable, I think. Um, where's Bill? He should do all the podcasts. I agree that Bill should do all the podcasts. But sometimes Bill um, has a life outside of his recording tent, and he occasionally has to attend to things not related to the podcast, so he couldn't do it. And Craig was supposed to do it, and he's also very good at this, but he apparently has no electricity. And so you're stuck with me. And I'm terrible at this, but... I am trying. Do you think if we throw in a box of band-aids, a team would be willing to trade for Michael Neuvert? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I honestly don't know what they're going to do with Michael Neuvert. I guess just wave him. And then, I don't know, park him somewhere, I guess. There's obviously no room for him. He might have, like, broken a bone reading that comment because it was so alarming to him. <clears throat> um, yeah, so, I don't know, this is kind of a boring hockey game. It's just not, not good. Uh, are we sure Neuvert is real? No. I'm unsure about his realness. Um, let me run down these numbers real quick and see if there's anything else interesting we could talk about. Um, let's see, Oscar Lindblom, 12 minutes of ice time, second only to Michael Roffel on the bottom of the ice time list. 
which is weird considering he had two goals, which last time I checked is good. Um, and Travis Konechny didn't get a ton of time either, which is weird considering he had the winner last night. I don't know. I was starting to come around on Scott Gordon. Um, but I think that's just because the team was winning. I'm not sure that Scott Gordon fundamentally is any better a coach, like, you know, tactic wise than Dave Hextall. Um, Charlie always argued on the podcast that Dave Hextall wasn't a horrifically bad coach. He just wasn't a good coach. He was just kind of a there coach. He neither, he did nothing to improve his roster, but there weren't that many times that he actively heard it. And I kind of think that Scott Gordon might be on that same level, maybe a little bit more beneficial to the team than Hextall was, but that might just be because he's a human man with emotions and he's not a robot like Dave Hextall, so he actually like communicates with his players and has relationships with them. And I think that that is obviously um, affecting the overall morale of the team, which is obviously improved. But, you know, stuff like continuing to rely on Andrew McDonald, um, playing guys like Travis Konechny and Oscar Lindblom, you know, minimal minutes over the course of a game, these kind of things annoy me. Um, I guess it's because I'm, I personally just want us to be the Philadelphia Flyers version of the Toronto Maple Leafs where we just let all of the 22 year olds take over. No one else seems to agree with me, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I would like to see a coach come in here and get crazy and just like, you know, throw things at a wall and see what happens. Which Gordon does to an extent because he uh, doesn't keep a line together for more than five minutes, which is actually something that also annoys me. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah, so what do you guys think of going 7-D and 11 forwards as opposed to just pulling out a defenseman in favor of Phil Myers? I kind of was thinking, like, if Scott Gordon is super pissed at Shane Gostisbehere, I kind of feel like keeping him in the lineup and only playing him 11 minutes is kind of like more of a fuck you than sitting him if that makes any sense to you it's kind of just like yeah i'm gonna put you in the lineup but you're gonna sit here while all of your friends go over the boards for shifts and i don't call on you it almost was like i don't know it seemed to me like a little bit like if he's trying to make shane gosses bear understand who's in charge, I kind of feel like this way of doing it rather than pulling him out of the lineup was kind of a little bit more aggressive in a way. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like the idea of going 7D. First of all, because um, that means you don't have, you don't have four lines that you can roll. You've got to jumble things up continuously throughout the game. And you know, God forbid one of your forwards goes down, now you're at 10. Not great. Or if, like, for example, Wayne Simmons' fight had been a bit more dramatic and he was thrown out of the game. Not great. Um, 
to have ten fours. I don't like that. I don't. I don't like that at all. Um, yeah. So hopefully that's not a thing that we see again. Not digging the top line right now. So honestly, like, what even is the top line right now? I feel like I was kind of watching it um, on the GameCast thingy on NHL.com. I was watching it for a bit of the second period. There was like four different versions of the top line. Um, that Drew Couturier JVR iteration, I could really do without. I don't like that at all. Um, I would kind of like to see them try Couturier, Drew, and Konechny again, just for funsies. Um, I would like to see Drew back at wing for a more extended period of time for funsies, because I think it was a good idea, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, uh, Talbot apparently will not be with the team until Thursday because of the visa issues, um, which means that we've either got to roll Hart for a third game in a row against a ridiculously offensively stacked Tampa Bay team, or we kind of just give it up out of the gate and let Mike McKenna play. I would kind of, like, just put McKenna in there. Like, he's going to get lit up so hard, and it's going to probably be painful to watch, but, like, I also don't want you to run hard into the ground. And also, didn't really like that collision that he had with Larkin there towards the end of the game. Um, it seemed like he hit him right in the head. Um, and Hart didn't stay down for very long, but there was kind of like a brief second that he laid there, I'm assuming just like shaking it off. Um, Brad Keffer, who writes for us, he kind of thought that maybe the spotter should have pulled him. So given that, and given how important he is to the long-term future of this team, like I don't want him running to the ground to try to pick up two points on a Tampa Bay team that is absolutely going to destroy the flag. I mean, obviously anything can happen in a hockey game, but I don't know if you've been paying attention to the Lightning. They have been rolling, and I am not super confident that the Flyers are going to be the team to slow them down, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> uh, let's see... Gordon has gotten crazy. He changes his shifts the whole game, and he comes up with strategies. He helped bring Myers up and Hart up. I'm sure his voice matters a little. Well, I mean, he's the coach, so I think his voice matters a lot. Um, yeah. Okay. Um... Oh, you guys are just super friendly in these comments, let me tell you. Um, give me Limblom, Giroux, and JVR. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. I just don't think Van Riemsdyk and Giroux, I don't like that together, personally. Um, <clears throat> McKenna is garbage. Well, yeah. Don't we play Tampa Bay hard? Well, yeah, usually, but 
like I I don't know. I feel like this Tampa team this season is um real I mean they're always really good, but this season is like I think they're like 22 points up on the <clears throat> next team behind them in the standings, so it's like they're remarkably good this season and like we've been saying, the Flyers haven't been playing really good hockey. They've just been winning games. How about Limblom on that shorthanded 2-0 breakaway today? Yeah, he's not a fast skater. Like, that's not news. Um, his skills lie in other places. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what else you can say about a 2-1 game against a crappy team that you played yesterday. Kind of happened. I'm glad that they won. They obviously, if they're going to try this playoff thing, they need the points. Um, no game is bigger than this game outside on Saturday. Uh, not because it's outside, but just because we're chasing the Penguins and you got to gain ground on them if you're going to even try. So, oh God, someone's asking me about Bryce Harper. I don't baseball, and I don't know why Bryce Harper is so important to everyone, but apparently he's very good. Um, he has a good beard, which I like. Um, but, yeah, I hope that Bryce Harper is a Phillies to make all of you guys happy. Um, all right. That's all I got for you. We're 20 minutes into True Detective, so I'm going to go watch that. It will be more entertaining than the Flyers game, I think. So, all right, folks. That was it. Flyers win. Two times against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, very sorry that Bill was not here to entertain you folks after this game, but he will be back for you on Tuesday, I am sure, after we play the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hopefully that will be a good game. Yeah. All right. Go Flyers. <laughs>